Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Your presence, Spirit of God, this gathering is not unto any man, but it's unto you. We pray, O oh Lord, that you have your way amongst us. Spirit of God, I avail myself as a vessel. All glory belongs to you. Fill me, O oh God, and take your glory. We ask the Lord that you speak to us tonight. May we not leave here the same as we came, but may we leave here with a new mind and understanding. Let our walk with you even be lifted up. And let us get closer and closer in our walk with you. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. And I will entreat you to come closer. Come closer. Jeff, you can come closer. Come closer to Jerry, come closer. Audrey, come closer. Yes. Wonderful. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, on behalf of the presiding bishop, Bishop Daguard Mills, I want to welcome all of you to this wonderful sanctuary. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Well, tonight, for a short time, we want to continue our message on fighting the good fight of faith. Fighting the good fight of faith. There are some echoes. Hallelujah. Fight the good fight of faith. How many of you were here last week? You were here last week. Let me see by show of hands. Wonderful. What happened to the rest of you? Where were you? Fight the good fight of faith. Well, um, before we go on, I must say that... Uh, we had a wonderful International Sunday, and um, I was amazed at uh, the work that was done by all of you within such a short notice and a short time of preparation that we were able to pull this off so beautifully. And um, the diligence that you made in inviting friends and family to join us to have such a wonderful time. I think that was powerful. Why don't you clap for yourselves? Amen. Wonderful. Well, tonight, we want to continue with our message on fighting the good fight of faith. Why don't you turn your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12, 1 Timothy chapter 6, 
Is there a way we can take out the echo? 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. 1 Timothy 6 and 12. It says, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Hallelujah. God is encouraging us to fight the good fight of faith. The fight of faith is a good fight. It is worth fighting for faith. It is worth doing all you can to keep your faith. Amen. Amen. Now, if God is saying we should fight the good fight of faith, it means that there is someone or there is an enemy or there's an opponent who is fighting to take away your faith. Hallelujah. Anything that comes your way to make you take any decision that goes contrary to your faith is a fight against your faith. Anything that you encounter, anything that you experience that makes you take any decision contrary to your faith is a war against your faith. And your enemy will like to do that. Hallelujah. Your enemy will not even want you to think that certain experience or certain things you are going through is a war to take away your faith. Amen. Second Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7. Second Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7. Paul said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Hallelujah. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. When you fight this good fight, when you engage in this good fight, in the end, you find out that you still have your faith. Amen. Amen. If you are able to resist the enemy, in the end, you will continue to stand trusting in God and believing in God. No matter what storm may come your way, no matter what challenge, no matter what experience you encounter, if you resist the enemy, in the end, you see standing strong and standing right with God. Hallelujah. And that is what the enemy always wants to do to you, that you will not stand right with God. Hallelujah. That you will not stand right with God. Amen. Amen. So he says, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. It is important for us to fight the good fight of faith. It is important. It is a very important requirement for every Christian to have. Therefore, it is necessary to do all you can to hold on to your faith. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. The Bible says, But without faith, it is impossible. Say impossible. impossible. Turn to your neighbor and say impossible. impossible. 
Not it is likely or it is difficult. Not it is challenging. But it is impossible. He says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. Please who? Yes. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. How many of you do not want to please God? Let me see. You don't want to please God. You see, a lot of times, Christians think that, oh, if I don't steal, I please God. If I don't cheat, I please God. If I don't lie, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't fornicate, I don't commit adultery. Isn't that so? We think that when we do these things, then we please God. Amen. What a joy to see you, Gita. How are you? Wonderful. You see, we think that these are the things we do to please God. That you are not an alcoholic. You are not a smoker. You don't steal. And then we feel we are pleasing God. You are a person that prays. You fast. You come to church. Amen. Amen. But it says, without faith, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, you cannot please God. It is impossible. Say impossible. 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 Say it is impossible. impossible. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. If you don't have faith, you cannot please God. Hallelujah. If you don't have faith, you cannot please God. Amen. He says, without faith, without that substance, without the thing called faith, you cannot please God. Now, if you cannot please God, then you cannot receive anything from God. So, if someone who does not want you to receive anything from God, or someone who even wants to take that which God has given you away, if he knows that the lack of this, this thing called faith, will make you not please God. Don't you think he will do anything he can so that you will not have that faith? Yes. So he will do all he can so that you will not have faith. Amen. Amen. And that is why you need to know the enemy of your faith. The one who is fighting to take away your faith. And I, we were sharing that your enemy, the enemy that steals your faith, he is a very subtle one. And the things that come to take your faith, they don't even look like it is after your faith. Sometimes it looks like it's a church member who is gossiping about you and is making you angry. Or it's a church member who was saying you took too much food and saying all sorts of things about you. And you make a decision not to even come to the church anymore. You see, the enemy has won in taking away your faith. Amen. Amen. For such gossip and for such reasons, there are some people who are not here today. Hallelujah. I am saying for such gossip and for such activities that someone speaks to you and someone talks to you and fill your heart with certain anger and certain issues, for that there are some people who are not here even to hear this message, to even know that all of that was through your enemy to take you away from where your faith will be built. Amen. Amen. I know there are some people who have left us and their faith has gone down. Yes. 
Some people who have left churches and their faith has gone down. And you see, as they were leaving, they didn't even think about that. Or they didn't even know that this is actually what the enemy was trying to do. Amen. Amen. But may the enemy never displace you. I say, may the enemy never displace you. Hallelujah. Your enemy is very subtle. Very, very subtle. So we talked about the enemies of faith. And we said number one is lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. When you don't have knowledge, your enemy will overcome you. When you don't have knowledge about the word of God, your enemy will overcome you. You will not even know the promises that God has for you. Hallelujah. And we shared so many things about the lack of knowledge. Hallelujah. The lack of knowledge. And then we began talking about the second enemy, which is what? Doubt. 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 Doubt is a thing that makes you act as if the word of God is not true or the word of God is of no effect. Hallelujah. Doubt is what nullifies the power of God. Doubt is what nullifies what God can do for you. Amen. Amen. We read a scripture in Mark chapter 11 and verse 23. Mark chapter 11 and verse 23. It says, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea. Whosoever shall say, all you do is say. But there's something that comes behind the saying. Hallelujah. Two things, two possible things can come behind the saying. Amen. One is doubt. It can come behind the saying, as you are saying, that for a mountain to be removed, as you are saying it, something can come behind the saying, as it is going. Mountain, be that be removed. And you know that the words that just came out is followed by doubt. So as you have said it, you are looking at the mountain still standing. And then you are saying, you see, I knew it wasn't going to move. Amen. You see, there are some of you who trust so much in the negative. Do you understand? You trust so much in the negative. And you, 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 you believe in the negative. That even you are going for an interview and you come, Reverend, I'm going for an interview. Can you pray for me? I said, of course, let's pray. And then we pray. And then I said, can you believe this with me? He said, yes. And I said, go, the favor of God is with you. And as you are going, you are saying to yourself, you see, this is me. You know, everyone, they will take everyone except me. And you are, you are, you are saying it to yourself as you are going. Forgetting even the prayers that we pray. And then you go for the interview. You, meanwhile, you have dressed, you've worn your tie, you came on time. You see, you do all the things humanly possible except that thing which you need. So you wear clothes to please whoever is going to interview you. You go on time. You don't want to be late. And you comport yourself. They say when you speak to them, look them in their eyes. You did all of that. You have interview tips. 
They said at the end of the interview, ask questions about the company. Ask questions, and meanwhile, you have researched about the company, so you are going to ask questions about things that you already know. And then as they are providing, and you're chipping, you say, oh, yes, and then you are chipping. So they know that you know something. You see, you've done all of that, and you come out, and they still don't take you, and you are wondering why. Because what is behind them taking you, you lack that thing. And then when they don't, or they call you and they say, we are sorry, we fill five positions, but, you know, your application is still, you know, on file. We are considering, you know, if any other position comes, you say, you see, I told you. And then you feel that your prophecy has come to pass. You say, I knew it. Amen. You say, I knew it. I knew they weren't going to take me. And then you feel that your prophecy has come to pass. He says, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. Shall not doubt in his heart. You do not open your mouth to say you don't believe it, but you doubt in your heart. He says, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith, shall come to pass. The things that your mouth, you open your mouth to say, if you don't doubt those things and you believe them, he shall have whatsoever he saith. He shall have whatsoever. It doesn't matter who you are. As long as you can back what you are saying with faith, you can have whatsoever you, you say it. You can have whatsoever you say it. You don't need to be a pastor. You don't need to be a shepherd. You don't need to be a prophet. If only you can believe. If only you can back what you are saying with faith. Isn't that anointing and powerful? Man. That you can have whatsoever you say. That is too powerful. Amen. James chapter 5 and verse 5. James chapter 5 and verse 5. Let's read that from the NIV. James chapter 5 and verse 5. It says, oh, I think it's James chapter 1. James chapter 1 and verse 5. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to him if you lack wisdom. How many of you lack wisdom? I lack wisdom. I need a lot of wisdom. Amen. He said, ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to him. Verse 6. He says, but when he asks, when he asks, he must believe. When he asks, he must believe and not doubt. And you see, do you see? He said, you lack wisdom. Ask God who will give freely without finding fault. But when you ask, that means that there may be a lot of fault with you. There may be a lot of sins with you. But when you ask, 
You see, God is a God that loves people who have faith in him. He just loves people who have faith in him. He says, but when he asks, he must believe and not doubt. Because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That is the kind of person that God doesn't want to. He says he will prefer either you are hot or you are cold. But when you are like tossed to and fro by, you are too double-minded, you cannot please God. He says when you are not cold and you are not hot and you are in between, he will spill you out. So verse 7, he says, that man should not even think. Listen to this. He said, that man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. Listen. Doubt, eh? It is a killer of what God can do for you. If you have doubt about what God can do, he says, let that man not think that he will receive anything, anything. Even breakfast. Wow. You see, certain things, they have not brought doubt in your head or your heart because you know it's going to be there. And so, grace has added faith that, oh, breakfast should be there. You know, by the grace of God, when you open the fridge, there will be milk in there. Otherwise, breakfast self, you will not have in the morning. He says, let that man not think that you receive anything from God. When you don't have faith, you cannot receive. He says, without faith, it's impossible. It's impossible. It's impossible. It's not hard. It's not challenging. It's impossible when you doubt. Hallelujah. It's amazing when you doubt. So we read a story about the woman with the issue of blood. And we said that when Jesus was moving with the crowd, there were so many people who were moving with Jesus. There were so many people who were coming along with Jesus and they were dragging him and they were rushing on him and the disciples were doing all they could to protect him. He said there was a large crowd that dragged Jesus. But with all this dragging and thrashing and touching and feeling, None of them received anything. He did not stop. We didn't hear of any miracle taking place. Except when someone came in who had special touch. Hallelujah. And when that person touched him, Jesus stood and said, who touched me? And the disciples were amazed that he asked a question like that. To ask, who touched me? Who touched me? So many people are dragging you. So many people are rushing on you and touching you all over. And you ask, who touched me? He said, someone touched me in a very special way. Someone touched me and there was a thing behind the touch. Hallelujah. And when Jesus turned around, he said to her, it is your faith that has healed you. Hallelujah. You see, it was a... A powerful Jesus who was moving. Mighty Jesus who was moving. Full of power. Full of power. It, it was like 
It was like fire that needed to be ignited. And the only thing that can ignite the fire is faith. That touches the fire and then it's lighted. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So it's like fire really hot, moving along, moving along. But you see, you can touch it like this and it will not do anything. It's like electricity. You see, electricity is very powerful. If you see a bare cable, it is very powerful. Do you understand? And we can touch the electricity with different substances, with different things, such as plastic, rubber. We can touch electricity with anything, and it may not do anything to you. And it looks as if there is no power in the electricity. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You may take your light bulb and connect it with a plastic to the electricity directly. And you see that nothing is happening. And so you may assume that there is no power in the electricity. Hallelujah. But if you were to connect with the right thing, if you were able to connect it with the thing that conducts that thing, you see that there is so much power in the electricity. Hallelujah. And so Jesus was moving with all the power and no conduction. Nothing can conduct. He says that something now suddenly touched him and he says that thing drew virtue out of him. Power came out of him. And that thing is called faith. So he turned to the woman and said, your faith has healed you. Hallelujah. Your faith has healed you. He says, daughter, it is your faith that has healed you. Hallelujah. It is your faith that has healed you. First John chapter 5 and verse 4. It is your faith. Our faith is our victory. Our faith is our victory. He says, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. Even our faith. Even our faith. Jennifer, it is our faith that overcomes the world. What are some of the things that are in the world that we need to overcome? What are some of the things? You don't have any sickness. Sickness. It is our faith that overcomes the sickness. What else? Poverty. Poverty. It is our faith that overcomes poverty. It's not hard work. That overcomes. How many of you know some people who work very hard but they are poor? Oh, I know a lot of people who work very hard, but they are poor. Yes. So it's not hard work. It says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Even our faith. Our faith overcomes the world. What are some of the things that you're passing, failing your exams? You need to overcome that. I have seen people who have studied a lot and then they sit in their exams and they still fail. And I have seen people also who say, I could not study. Someone came, one day we were having an event and we stayed very late. And the person came at the end of the event. After we have finished packing everything, he says, Reverend, I'm going to take this test, but I did not study. And it is one of the hardest tests in our program. And then we pray. And I said, only the pages where you know will be there, will be on the exam. He went and he sat in the exam. 
He says, Reverend, it's amazing. Only the thing that I knew came in the exam. And my classmates, my classmates, who studied, who prepared, and they were feeling sorry for him because he couldn't join the team to study with them. Do you understand? So when, 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 when the results came back, when the results came back, the professor called him and says, you had the best result among the whole class. You had the best result among the whole class. It is faith. It is faith. But someone also may choose and say, I am having exams, so I'm not coming to church tonight. Do you see? Yeah. Amen. It's our faith. Hallelujah. I say it is our faith. Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. I say doubt, it kills our faith. Doubt can nullify the power of God. It says that you can say to a mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the outer ocean and it shall be done. If only you do not have that. That means that once you have doubt, that thing cannot happen. Now, when we talk about mountains, we talk about the mountains that are in your life, the storms that are in your life. They look very humongous. And the Bible calls them mountains because, you see, it looks impossible. It looks impossible. And I was sharing with you that unless you encounter something that looks so impossible, your faith is very diminished. Whenever we have a way out, whenever we have a means to do something, it does not increase our faith. Amen. There are some people who do not know that you can wear eyeglasses to correct your vision. Do you see? They don't know that because there is no such thing. They have not seen uh, an optometrist or an ophthalmologist they don't know about all these things. They have not even seen eyeglasses before. And so their eyes are dimming and they are going blind. They have other illnesses and they have no way out. And so when someone comes and says, if you can believe, you can see, oh, they have faith to receive it. And so no wonder you go to certain places and you see, right now if I say all of us who have issues with our eyes receive healing, you know, the first thing that you take is your glasses first, you look, you see. But there's another place where they will not need that. Where the cripple knows that there are not even clutches for you to walk with. And they are believing God that they can stand. And they believe in the word of God and they stand. Hallelujah. Amen. But you see, whenever there is a way out, we believe in that way out and we don't have faith in the word of God. Whenever there is a way out, we don't have faith in the word of God. Amen. Matthew chapter 14, let's read from verse 25. You know, this is what Jesus with his disciples and he sent them on a boat. The Bible says he went to the mountains to pray. Verse 24. He says, verse 24, let's look at verse 24. He says, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. That means the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. 
walking on the sea. Hallelujah. Isn't that powerful? One day you see me walking on the sea. You'll be amazed. Only with your iPhone can you record. That's it. Only with your phone. Amen. Verse 26. It says, And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled. They were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. It is the spirit. And they cried out for fear. You see, you are not the only one. These are people who were directly with Jesus. You know, a lot of times we are praying that, you know, the Lord will reveal himself. Lord, show me your face. Lord, I look to you. I, you, I want to see you. I want to feel you. I want to touch you. I want to feel your embrace. We sing all these things. If Jesus showed up, we will all run away. <laughs> you all run away. You're looking for the, next, the nearest door to dash in. The wind, the Bible says the wind was against them. And Jesus is coming to their aid. You are crying for the Lord and now he's coming and you are afraid. He says, they were troubled saying it is a spirit and they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them saying, be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. Hallelujah. You know, any, any person who says anything to you to bring you fear is not of God. If God is coming into your life, he will take away fear. The Bible says that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of sound mind. Hallelujah. When you encounter, when God is about to do something for you, he brings you sound mind. You feel love. You feel peace around it. Hallelujah. So anyone who prophesies over your life and it brings trembling, and you are trembling and it makes you drive to your bank account to clear your bank account, and it is not from God. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Anyone who prophesies over your life, and then they say certain things, and then you are shaking. Things are following you. Things are following you. Things are following you. Things are following you. He says, but don't worry. Don't worry. That ant will deal. And then you have several ants. Now the one that just had the last quarrel with you, now your mind is on her. The one that just sent you some food, sent you some fruits, and your mind is on, and you are going to dump all of that. Anyone who prophesies anything to bring you fear is not from God. Hallelujah. It's not from God. Amen. God will give you peace. Hallelujah. So he says, But straightway Jesus spoke unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. Do not be afraid. It is I. So, Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. If it is you, bid me come unto thee on the water. 
Hallelujah. So, and he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Wow, clap for Jesus. Wow. Wow. And why don't you clap for Peter also? For now. Amen. Don't you see? You see, as Peter was stepping out, he was looking at Jesus. Is that you for real? You see, and then he tested the water. You see, and he realized he was not sinking. And then he brought the other foot on the water. This is in the ocean. In the deep ocean. So he was looking. Are you sure it's you? And then he's walking on it. Are you sure it's you? And then he was walking on it. As he was looking on to Jesus. Amen. Amen. The next verse. But when he saw the wind boisterous. When he saw the storms. When he saw the wind was boisterous. He was afraid. And beginning to sink. He cried. Saying, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. Lord, save me. He cried. When he saw the storms. When he saw the storms. You see, a lot of times, our walk with God. You see, a lot of times, we are walking with God and we have a lot of faith until we see certain storms. When things are moving on well with us, we still can't. Until we see certain storms. When everything is moving on okay, we are okay. And we are still having faith in God until we see the storms. He says that when he saw, when he saw, when he saw, when he saw the wind boisterous, when his eyes beheld boisterous wind, when he took his eyes off Jesus and he saw the boisterous wind, Beloved, the boisterous wind, they are there. If you read from the beginning, the storm, it says that the wind was contrary. The boisterous storms, they are there. The storms that can cause us to sink, they are there. But as long as your eyes are on Jesus, you can overcome the storm. And you can walk and not sink. As long as your eyes are on Jesus. But when you take your eyes off and you look at the storms, when you look at the storms, so he says, he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Why did you doubt? He said, it is your doubt that made you not able to stand firm. It is your doubt that will make you sink. It is your doubt that will take you down. It is your doubt that will make you not overcome the storms. The storms that arise in your life, they will overcome you because of your doubt. He says, oh, thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Peter could walk on the storm until doubt came in his heart. And a lot of times, the doubt that comes, they come as a result of the storms that we see. They come as a result of the difficulties that we encounter. 
that we now take our eyes off Jesus and look onto the storms. And it says that immediately he began to sing because fear came into him. Hallelujah. Fear came into him. You see, oftentimes we even trust more in the words of men and the promises of men than to trust in the word of God. Oh yes. We tend to trust in the promises of men and in the promises and the words of men than we trust in the words and the promises of God. Hallelujah. How many of you ride on a train? You are, or you have ridden on a train before? Some few people have not ridden on a train, but try and ride on a train. You see, a lot of times we get on the train with confidence that it will take us to our destination. We sit on the train having confidence that the train will get to our destination. And you don't even know the driver. You don't know who is riding the train. You don't know who the driver is. But you get on the train believing that this driver, whoever is there, will take you to your destination. And you sit comfortably. Hallelujah. You don't know the driver. Isn't that amazing? But you sit confidently. And sleep. You sit and you sleep. Believing that the driver will take you. To your destination. Even if there's a driver. I heard of a train, a landing train, that came to a stop. I'm not sure if you have heard that before. A landing train that came to a stop. And when it came to that stop, there was something that was happening and the, the driver came out and forgot to put something in lock. And he came out of the train to see what was happening, whether to communicate with the conductor or whoever and then the door shut the door got shut and the train took off the train took off and the passengers were sitting people reading their newspapers they didn't know that the, the man that just passed by the train just passed by he's supposed to be the driver and we put our trust in a thing like that, that it will take us. And so the train took off without a driver. And people are reading their newspapers. People are even arguing, you took my seat. <laughs> people get on the train and they're fighting with old women for the seat. You see an old woman or you see a lady coming and then you pretend to sleep. How many of you are guilty of that? You are a young person. And then you see an older, you say, the way I'm tired, as for this one, I will sleep. <laughs> and you close your eyes. If I don't see, then I've not seen. Old people come on the train, and you know that ah, if I open my eyes, as for this one, I have to get up. But you are coming from work very tired, and you were praying that there will be a chair for you to sit. And you sit down. And then you see this woman come and say, no, 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 not my seat. It's not my seat. Oh, Christian brother, Christian sister. May the Lord have mercy on you. Amen. But you sit confidently on the train. 
Sometimes the train even comes in a tunnel and it stops. It stops at the end of nowhere. But you are confident that it will take you there. You are confident that the train will take you to your destination. Sometimes you get a little irritated and the irritation is because of the delay that is making you late. But taking you to your destination, you are confident that it will take you there. But you are just irritated that it is delaying. How many of you have sat on the fourth train before and you come to 139th Street? Is it 139 or 100 and what? 138, 138th Street. And then as it leaves the train station, nearer my God today. And then you are just relying on the fact that you are praying that the light will come green and that it will move. But confident that it will take you there, you have confidence. You have no doubt in your mind that the train will not take you there. You have no doubt in your mind that the train will leave you in the middle of the tunnel. You know that it will take you there. Hallelujah. But not with God. Not with God. Let the husband delay a little bit. And you are finding your own way. But you see, when you are on the train, and the train delays, you will never get out to find your own way. You will never get out to find your own way. You are sitting down confidently waiting for, whether there's a driver in the train driving it or not, you are confident that the train will take you, but not with God. The husband, I give you three months. I've been in the church for three months now. No husband. You are finding your own way. You bring some unbeliever brother. When they say, you don't, you don't understand anything. But once they say, if there's anyone who wants to give his life to Jesus, just lift up your hand. That is all you need to do. You are finding your own way. You have confidence in the promises of man. Amen. But not with God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. But not with God. Any delay, we are finding our own way. Any delay. Amen. You see, a lot of you, you came to church today. How many of you, you know, before you sat on the chair, you checked the chair to see the four legs are there? How many of you checked? You sat down, you, before you sat down, you checked to see the seat is there, the four legs are there. How many of you checked? You didn't check. But you are having faith that the chair will carry you your whole, all your weight. You are having faith that as you are sitting down, it will carry you. So right now, if I say stand, sit, you are still confident that it will carry you. And you will not fall. You see, we have faith in such things. We have faith in the things made by the hands of men. But we don't have faith in God. You don't have faith. You have faith in choosing someone as a husband or as your wife. A stranger, a total stranger. You don't know from anywhere. You just, all you have been doing is just talking. All that you have been doing is talking. And then you say, I want to live with you the rest of my life. You go with this person. You take this person home. And you, you put a ring on the person's finger. Bless me. You are going home. And then with this stranger, you sleep and lie, let your neck be like this. Total stranger. <laughs> you sleep freely. You are not like this.
sleeping. Knowing even that in your kitchen there are knives, there are everything. All kinds of things in your kitchen. Not that you put these things away. But you are confident that I will still wake up and this person has, <laughs> this person has not cut my neck. We have confidence in such things. We believe in such things. But we can't believe in the things that God says. We can't believe. We, we are confident that a, a, a man that I call my husband, he will not pick a knife and cut my neck. But you sleep comfortably, snoring. And you, you are even setting an alarm that, oh, I will sleep until this time. I'll wake up this time. You are confident that the man will let you sleep. <laughs> Oh, a total stranger. Amen. A total stranger. Hallelujah. A total stranger. We are confident in the promises of men. We are confident in the promises of men. And because as for God's things, we have not seen, so we can believe. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. You see, when we hear this, we, oh Lord, if you are, you see, if you are, if you are God, you are going to do something, show me. You see, we want to see. We want, show me, give me a sign. You know, if you are looking for a sign, you will not receive anything from God. If you come to church and they are praying for you and you are, Expecting that I will feel some electricity in me or I'll feel... It can be electricity in you. It can be a heat in you. But if that is what you are basing on to say that the Lord has touched me, you cannot receive anything from God. He said, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. The evidence of things not seen. You see, you go to work. You have a job, don't you? Very good. So, come. You put in an application, didn't you? Yes. And then they called you, they interviewed you, and they offered you a job. And they promised that they will pay you certain amount of money. And you have to work certain amount of hours. Yes. Certain number of hours. How many hours, for instance? 40 hours a week. Yes. Wonderful. So they will say they will pay you 40 hours a week. And for the 40 hours a week, they will give you, they will pay you this amount of money. And then you agreed. Now, do they give you the money before the 40 hours? No. <laughs> so you see, they don't give you the money, but you go putting in 40 hours. First day, they didn't give you anything. Second day, third day, still they've not given you anything. You are looking to work 40 hours. But you believe that they will pay you. Yes. Hoping they will pay you. <laughs> Hoping that they will pay you. Do you see? So 40 hours, the man has worked. And he's trusting that they will pay him. He was believing that they will pay him. He went for the first day. He went the second day. He went the third day. He went the fourth day. Still no pay. And then he went the fifth day. That day, did they give you money? No. Okay. <laughs> so he has worked 40 days, 40 hours, 40 hours, and he has not seen anything. And then finally, 
they will give you something. What, do you, what would they give you? To pay for the house. And they will give you an amount of money. They will count dollars in your hand. What would they give you? They will give you a check. Look at that. <laughs> they will give you a paper. Yes. And you trust that the company has the money to cash that paper. Yes. It's not even the money. You see, but he has hope that, you see, it's the evidence, the check is the evidence of the things not seen. He has not seen the money, but he's holding the check and he knows that this is money. He says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. He has faith and he's hoping that he will get something. He has not seen it. And he's hoping that he will get it. And then he will work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. He has not seen anything. Friday. Now he has come. And instead of the money, they have have given him something in his hand. A paper. And they say, oh, trust us. Just sign the back of this paper. It will turn into money. (laughs) It will turn into money. And then he signs it, and then he, he believes. You see, he says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. So for him, the evidence of the thing that he has not seen is the check that he's holding. But he's having hope and having the faith that this thing can be transformed into money. And so for that reason, he goes Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and expecting that you will receive that thing. Brother, sit down. You see, and now our work with God, God is promising. He says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If you have faith and you have prayed about it, believe, believe that you will receive because you have faith. It should be your evidence. It should be that I have evidence that this thing that I have asked for, it will be given to me. This mountain, I am speaking to it, be removed and it will be removed. I have not seen it, but I believe it will be removed. Amen. I believe it will be removed. One day Jesus was walking with his disciples. And they came across a fig tree. I believe it's Matthew chapter 21, verse 20 or Matthew chapter 21. So he was walking with his disciples and they came by a fig tree. And what does verse 19 say? And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon but leaves only. And said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee henceforward, forever. And presently, that means immediately, the fig tree withered away. The next verse, he says, And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is the fig tree withered away? How soon is the fig tree withered away? Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, If ye have faith, if ye have faith, and doubt not. Oh, Gita, doubt is a killer of our power. There is so much power in you. There is so much power in you. It's amazing that you can say to a tree that may no fruit come on you any longer. You, Gita, you can say that. 
to a tree that may no fruit come on you and if you do not doubt it. These are the words of Jesus. I didn't write the Bible. He says, if ye have faith and doubt not. Beloved, doubt is the killer of the power that is in you. Doubt is the killer of the power that is in you. Doubt is the killer of the power that is in you. When you doubt, it is doubt. If ye have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do this which is done, not only leaves that you just say, oh, be withered or don't bring forth fruit. This is a small thing. Hey, I am looking at people who have power in them. I am looking at people who have power in their mouth. I am looking at people who have power in their hands. I am looking at people who has power in their words. There is power in your word. The things that you open your mouth to say, it is filled with power. It is like electricity. You will open your mouth and whatever you say, it shall come to pass. What you open your mouth to say, it shall come to pass. If you open your mouth, if it can come out of your mouth. And it's not followed by doubt. It's not followed by doubt. Wow. And it's not followed by doubt. It's not followed by doubt. That a student sits by exams and says, may only the pages that I have studied, let only the questions that I have studied come and shall not doubt it. But you see, as you are saying it, that moment you are thinking of, hey, chapter 23, I didn't study chapter 23. What if chapter 23 comes? I didn't study it. But he said, and shall not doubt in his heart. Shall not doubt in his heart. I am looking forward to having church members who have no doubt in the West. Who have no doubt in the West. You know, the reason why you see such powerful you know, the reason why, let me tell you, the reason why you, when, when there is maybe a visiting prophet, when you, a visiting prophet comes to a place, the reason why there is so much manifestation is because you have faith you don't know the person. So you have faith to receive. I'm telling you. That is why there's manifestation. The power is not in a man. The power is in you. I said the power is in you. The power for manifestation is in you. He says that daughter, it is your faith that has healed you. As I'm walking, I am walking as a powerful electricity. As I am walking, I am full of power. But none of these people are receiving anything. But you, without faith, you touch me. You touch the hem of my garment. And virtue came out of me. It is the power. But that power, it is killed by the lack of faith. Amen. That power is killed by the lack of faith. Every man of God is acting on the word of God. By the promises of God. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You see, that is why, that is why, you see, for instance, you see, Bishop was saying that, oh, I had this crusade in Accra, but, you know, this, you, you saw the miracles that were happening in Accra. But then he will go to another place, another village somewhere. And then you see, they are calling him magician. Accra, they don't call him magician. In the Kodesh, they don't call him magician. Do you understand? Don't you think there are people equally in the church who need such miracles? 
Yes. All of us were in the, in the presence of this anointing. But you see, we came back with all our problems. But there are, there are, there's, a, there's another group of people. They come with a special touch. They come with a special touch. They come with a special touch to connect. They have different connections. They have conductors. Metallic conductors that conduct electricity. You have insulators. You have insulators. May your insulators be turned into conductors. May your lack of faith be turned into faith. The things that drive down and kill your faith, may they be removed. In the name of Jesus. May the Lord heal your doubt. May the Lord heal you of your doubt. May the Lord remove doubt from your heart. May the Lord remove doubt from your heart. May you not doubt the word of God. I says, whatsoever he saith, whatsoever he saith, if ye have no doubt in your heart, but believe in what you saith, that it shall come to pass, it shall come to pass in your life. It shall come to pass in your life. May the Lord heal your heart from doubt. May the Lord heal your heart from doubt. You see, we want, we want to come to a situation where we, it is impossible with us. We don't have any other way before we build on faith. That is the stage we want to come. To come to a place where we can't do anything about it. No man. And a lot of times, you see, a lot of times, most of you have experienced God's miraculous powers in situations where no man can do anything about it. That is when you have seen the power of God. That is when you have seen the power of God. When you have gone through doctors and doctors, you have gone through lawyers and lawyers and gone through this, and then they come to say, this one is, we can't do anything about it. Then you go on your knees. Then you have faith in God. Hallelujah. Then you have faith in God. That is when we have faith in God. Amen. Sometimes God brings us in a place. God will bring us to a place. He will intentionally bring us to a place so that he can have that substance. That substance to work on. Because he says that without that thing, without that thing, you cannot receive anything from me. Without faith, you cannot receive anything from me. So he brings you for grace. and for, So sometimes you have to welcome the difficulties and the challenges. When something stands in your way that you can't do anything about it, Understand that God wants to build a faith, a substance of faith in you to do something for you. Amen. Amen. So he will bring you to a place where there is no way out. He brought the people of Israel with their memory and with their doubts. Are we taking us to a safe place? You are taking us. He brought them to a place where there is a storm. There's, there, there's an ocean. There's no way out. There's no way out. And at that time, they needed, they needed no man to save them. Their chariots could not save them. Their feet could not save them. And they saw the enemies coming. And there was no way out. And then God said, what do you have in your hand? This staff. Part the ocean. And then the oceans parted. And they walked through. But you see, when we have, and when they came, when they, they crossed, the doubt came again. The doubt came again. That is us. But resist the doubt. Fight the doubt. Resist the doubt. Pray against the doubt. Rise up and say, may this doubt never be in my heart. Pray about it. 
that you don't look at your substance, you don't look at the storms, you don't look at your surroundings. We walk by faith and not by sight. Let not the things that we see kill our faith. Let not the difficulties that we encounter kill our faith. Let not your bank account kill your faith. Because you have a little bit of money in it, you can't believe God that he can make you rich. You can't believe. You can't believe God that he can pay your rent for the next year. The whole of the you, you don't even pray for that. All you are praying for is that the check will come. The check will come. Amen. Amen. As long as you see, it's the unemployed, the unemployed who have gone through appointments after appointment, going for this interview upon interview, and no one is hiring you, and you realize that after this month you are going to be homeless. That is when you get hope. That is when you have faith in God. But as long as the savings can take you for the next six months, you don't have much faith. Amen. But may the Lord heal us from our doubt. I say, may the Lord heal us from our doubt. He says that, and shall not doubt. He says, verily I say unto you, if ye have faith, and doubt not, and doubt not, and doubt not, and do not doubt, do not doubt. I am killing the doubt that is in you. I say, I am killing the doubt. I am killing the doubt that is in you. I am killing the doubt. Every circumstance that stands your way, that brings doubt in your life, we remove that circumstance in the name of Jesus. Every obstacle, anything that the enemy has shown you, that makes you fill your heart with doubt, we cancel that in tonight in the name of Jesus. May your heart be free from doubt. 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 We are raising up Christians who have faith in God. Christians who have faith in God. Christians who can stand on the word of God. Christians who can proclaim the word of God. And have no doubt in their heart. That the thing that they say. He says, and have no doubt in his heart. But believe. He says, he shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree. But also, if he shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea it shall be done. May impossible things be done in your life. Things that stand in your way, may they be removed. I said the mountains that stand in your way, by the pronunciation of my words tonight, may such mountains be removed from your life. In the name of Jesus, anyone who is under the option of my words, I said the mountains that stand in your way, I said may they be removed tonight. In the name of Jesus, by the power of the word of God, by the power of the blood of Jesus that is vested in me, may mountains, impossible situations, I speak to impossibilities, I speak to the impossible conditions, I speak against the impossible situations. Tonight, may mountains be removed, may mountains be removed, impossible things are being made possible in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And we do not doubt in our hearts, but we believe. In those things that we say, put your hands together for the Lord and stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. And let's bring the service to your cross. And shall not doubt in his heart. And shall not doubt in his heart. Lord, heal our unbelief. Heal our doubts. 
Heal our unbelief. Heal our doubt. Oh, Peter could walk on the storm. He could walk on the ocean until he turned his eyes and looked at the storm. Jesus says, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? You can walk on the ocean if you do not doubt. Why did you doubt? He said, greater things than these shall thou do. Why did you doubt? If you have no doubt in your heart. Lord, heal us from our doubt. Heal us, heal us, heal us. Heal us. Remove the doubt from our heart. Remove the doubt from our heart. That we can trust on your word. That we can put our hope in your word. That we can trust in your word. Oh, heal us, Jesus. Heal us, Jesus. Heal us, Jesus. Oh, heal us, heal us, heal us. Heal us. Heal us. Remove the doubt, God, Jesus. Remove the doubt. Watch our house. Take this heart of doubt. And give us a heart filled with faith. A heart full of faith. Take this heart. Transform our hearts tonight. Transform our hearts tonight. Yes. Transform our hearts. Yes. Transform our hearts. Transform this heart. The impossible situation. We speak to the impossibility. Thank you, Lord. 
for revealing to us, oh Jesus, the weapon to our miracles. Father, we thank you for revealing to us the weapon to overcome the enemy. The enemy that steals our blessings. The enemy that kills our miracles. The enemy that renders us powerless. Father, we have identified him. And tonight we say we kill the doubts. The doubts that are in our hearts. The doubts in our lives. The doubts in our minds. The doubts that take away our blessings. The doubts that steal away our miracles. The doubts that steal away our prosperity. That steals away our healing. Lord, we nullify that doubt tonight. We bring it under the blood of Jesus. Father, let the blood of Jesus cleanse our heart from every doubt. We say, take this heart and change it. Remold our heart. Let it be free from doubt. For you say, if we shall have faith and have no doubt in our heart. Tonight we declare, oh God, that we are a church of faith. We are a people of faith. We are a people that trust in your words. We are a people that believe in the word that we speak. And we back our words with faith. We thank you, Jesus. We are grateful to you tonight for revealing to us the key to our prosperity. For revealing to us the key to our blessings. The key to our healing. The key to our joy. The key to our work with you. The key to our promotion. And the key to our elevation. We are thankful and grateful for revealing this great key to us. In the name of Jesus. trust in your name. We will trust in your words. The things that you say we can do, we will trust in them. If you say we can speak to the mountains in our lives and they shall be removed, we will trust in them. We trust in your words. We will trust in your promises. We will trust in your ability. We will trust in the power that you have placed in us. We trust in them. We thank you, Jesus. You want the king of kings to come into your life. You want to welcome the son of God into your life. Tonight you want to say, I want to give my life to Jesus. If that is you, with all eyes closed, you want to be born again tonight. You want to welcome Jesus Christ into your life. If that is you, with all eyes closed and every head bowed, just lift up your right hand wherever you are and I'll pray with you. You want to welcome Jesus Christ into your life. Is there anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? Do you want to welcome Jesus Christ into your life? Anyone here like that? 
Why don't you all join me as we say this prayer together? Say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for dying for me. I have sinned against you. I have sinned against you. I am not worthy. I am not worthy. Tonight. Tonight, I proclaim, I proclaim that you are the Son of God. That you are the Son of God. I proclaim, I proclaim that you died on the cross. That you died on the cross. I proclaim, I proclaim that you were buried. That you were buried. I proclaim, I proclaim that on the third day you rose again from the dead. You rose again from the Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. Please forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me. Bless me of all my sins. Of all my sins. Tonight, tonight, I welcome you. I welcome into you my life. Into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Lord. Be my master. Be my master. Be my savior. Be my savior. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Please write my name. Please write my name in the book of life. In the book of life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. For saving me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, why don't you clap for Jesus? Hallelujah. And you may be seated. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.com. B-R-O-N-X at gmail.com.